advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am... I am... am Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am... Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. Not so fast. Lose this meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. The Patreon app just updated and turned to like all mm. weird. They went like dark mode on it or something. Mm. The icon's mm. black. Mm. They'll never go back now. No, that. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> They've yeah. done it. It's over. What's up, gentlemen? We haven't I haven't seen you guys in a long time. Mm. It has been a while. Mm. Thirty-seven minutes. Yeah. I think I'm as tired as I was the last time that we met. Yeah, but you're also hungrier for soup. I am hungry for that. What kind of soup do you want? I've been wanting some chicken noodle. Mm. Or, I mean, even vegetable soup, man, anything. As the weather gets colder, soup does sound good. Soup's always good. I like soup. I I mean, I drink hot coffee when it's hot. I don't give a fuck. In the winter, though, like the special nice nice minestrone. I don't know. Minestrone gives me heartburn. When you said that right now, like acid came up in my throat. Does tomato soup give you heartburn? Yeah. What about potato soup? Mm, yeah, just like, like a creamy like, potato yeah. soup. So that's the thing yeah. that I like about minestrone because oh, there's potatoes yeah, in it, but it's not mm-hmm. like overwhelming. Especially roses, like roses makes a minestrone that's both vegan and somehow miraculously <laughs> mm. doesn't have celery in it. And oh, it's that's just weird. Like, it's yeah. like the fucking especially best. for a soup. Mm. Yeah. yeah. How long has it been since you had a celery mishap? Mm-hmm. I have years. I don't even because yeah. t- I used to still I would still buy soup or eat it every so often or take the risk, and I just I don't touch it at all. I'm too yeah. I'm too paranoid about food allergies. Yeah, I keep telling my wife I want some soup, and she hadn't made any. Once I get real fanatic, it's how I'm taking you out for the record. Death by celery, yeah. Yep. It'll probably and then I'll give him almonds right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It'll just, probably just, just give so me you guys itchy, both go to heaven. It'll probably Dave just will die, my ears will itch. Yeah, I'll just have an itchy throat, <laughs> and you'll die from the almonds. Yeah, one of, one of the two. He threw it back at me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. I also I love a nice uh, split pea soup. Split pea soup's good. I don't think I've ever had that. Really? I've seen the sign, so the Anderson split pea soup on Here's the road thing, trip. Though, I, I had it once. I've had it once, and when I, it was good. Like it was, it was actually good. I'll make some and bring it to you because for me, split pea soup is a delivery system for hot sauce. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like the perfect consistency, and it's just screaming they, for hot sauce. I hit it with El Yucateco, and I just I'm dude, so Dude, I do happy. like to put teco in like soup or something because it's like not on your mouth and your yeah. tongue. You can put a ton of hot sauce into a soup, and then you realize like, Oh fuck! I'm sweating, and like there's yeah. a good right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. body hot thing right. that happens. Right? Is split pea soup? I think the one I had that might have been made out of a chicken broth. Do they do that? Do you know? Or is uh, it split pea Andersons, which is actually my favorite one? Doesn't have. I mean, you you either it's either vegan or you get the other version that comes with bacon in it. Uh, so I didn't know. I didn't two, have that one. There's two versions, but the, I, it kind of tasted like a. It kind of tasted like uh, there was chicken broth in it, though, like when I had it. So 
Maybe maybe it was just was the, it super 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 thick. Um, no, it was like because there's two was, different ways. There's somewhere it's like a broth, and then the split peas are. It was in more it. like a broth broth. The more split like a broth. pea Andersons. It's like yeah. fucking. It's like so thick. It's like it doesn't even fall off like your a cream. spoon. It's like a, yeah. it's like mashed potato uh-huh. texture. Oh wow, oh, really? It's fucking delicious. Wow, oh, so good. Man, I do love fucking like. Uh, like broccoli broccoli soup or potato soup but man the bacon like, i am gonna miss broccoli bacon cheddar. in that, that sense though broccoli cheddar is good but broccoli cheddar is still good even without yeah. the bacon i'm sure dude broccoli cheddar with some fucking really, triple i prefer it without there's some i like bacon but i prefer some things without bacon just hit it with the teco black and you'll get that smoky yeah, yeah. smoky factor. are there some good like bacon 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 um, not really no it's all gross i mean there's some that i like i like to make sandwiches out of them and whatever but they're really no subs like there's no, there's no. I've been making a Beyond Spaghetti, and I hmm. did put hot sauce in it. You know, it's weird for me. Like, I fucking love Triple X, but I don't think I want it in my spaghetti though. And that's the first time I've been like, no. Like, I'd be, I would put it on the bread or something instead, mm. and enjoy my spaghetti. Like, get the bite of Triple X, but it was just like a weird mix with the marinara. Like, it, I just like the standard red. El Yucateco habanero on, on marinara sauce. I've been eating red because I ran out of triple X. So I've been eating like all the other flavors and it brought me back to realize like, oh, I fucking love all these flavors. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like, so I could just have I had, uh, jalapeno and I never eat the jalapeno. It's always triple X. And then I get down to Caribbean, but like at the shop right now, I was out of triple X and I didn't, I didn't want to steal another bottle of Caribbean. Oh, I was like, wow. damn, I've opened like four bottles of Caribbean now. So yeah. So the, the split pea soup that I ate was probably a chicken broth base. And it's more of a soup, but I looked up the vegan one, and it's fucking thick. Like it's you're thick, talking dude. about, it looks like cream of wheat. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like it's so fucking. Is it like cornstarch in it or something? No, weird? I get. I take my crock pot. I throw in a pound of split I peas. I take my crock pot. I put in eight <laughs> cups of water. I put in some vegetable bouillon and a bay leaf. I turn that shit on for eight hours on low, and I stir it a couple of times, and it that's it. Period. Like it's the hmm. easiest fucking thing in the world to make, and it's so good. It makes this one's soup. got this one has celery in it. Garlic, onion, celery, vegetable. That's too oil. much. I don't want anything about the barley. Fuck that. I want garlic and onions. Carrots, for sure. potatoes. And shit. I want all yeah, that. Dried carrots. basil, thyme. Oh, this one sounds pretty good. That does sound pretty good. And, uh, yeah. Now I'm fucking. Oh. I know you fucking wrecked me. <laughs> so <laughs> good. <dude>. I'm so <laughs> hungry uh, now. Uh, <laughs> what have I had today? I cock, actually had a. Yeah, you had was a cock sandwich. I did have a cock sandwich earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No calories. Yeah. I've been a little off. Just the bread. Yeah, I got some. <laughs> Just the bread. <laughs> I ate the bread off and got all the mustard off there for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'd like to pretend that the entire soup conversation was like an ingenious way for us to weave El Yucateco into the conversation. <laughs> no, we're just hungry. No, we're, no, just we hungry. hungry. <laughs> we're just hungry, want soup, and like El Yucateco. Like, that's all that happened mm-hmm. right there. There was There's no... Just for a yeah. There's black sitting here. I'm just going to sniff this. Yeah, I brought down there for a wrap like a couple of months ago, and you always open it between episodes and sniff it and shake your head. It's what he, he does me. it all the time. Smell it. No, I'm already hungry. <laughs> I know, but smell it. It's like, it is satisfying. Even though I have nothing I to eat, it does help a little bit. Is it? I don't know if I'm thirsty. I, I mentioned worse. last week that I got fucking. No, some, it does not help at all. I got some, my stomach hurt immediately. Some, you could take a uh, hot fingers in my eye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to that. That was rough. Yeah. Now I got a snot. Goddamn. Yeah, we all got a snot. Yeah, it like went right to my stomach and it hurt. Right yeah, it made away. my stomach like growl a little bit. Yeah, it's oh, way worse. Fuck, dude, it's way worse. So good. If I had a spoon, I would eat some. Oh, right now. Fuck. Oh, my that God. makes me want split pea soup even more right. with this shit. Give me a short it. episode. Yeah, we're going to do a short episode. I'm going to put a little bit in this whiskey. That's what I'll do. I'm going to whiskey the taste. That way I get a little bit of it. Let's see how that tastes. Let's see. Oh, my God. 
that's a fair amount. People are just. I don't know why people listen to us. I'm gonna mix this with probably it. because of this. I guess I'm gonna mix it with oh. military bourbon. Oh, ooh. Yeah. actually, that'll smooth oh. it out. Oh man, that sounds terrible. But that's that bourbon's awful. not bad, though. The bourbon's, bourbon's not, not bad. bad. Bourbon's not bad. You probably got to go more. And again, that. I'm that's gonna say it's not bad based on how much that fucking plastic gallon must have cost. If you're not, and if you're not understanding what Brent's doing, he just put black in a cup. How much black is black in there? Do you of think? good. Oh, it won't. It's like yeah. it looks like a loogie, though. It, won't, it, puts, it won't mix. It put. He put more in there than most people put we put on a on sandwich. Their food. Yeah. Yeah. It will not mix with the wow. alcohol. I'm going to have to loot you this shit. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it do that? Oh, Fucking chemistry. Man. Look at it. It looks no. flimmy. Oh, it, looks like, it looks like an egg from the mirror yeah, yeah, universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fake Chinese egg. Look at it. It's on the upside down. Oh, oh man. man. It's an egg that Dan Beggs eats every day. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> That's, I have to now, but dude, that looks rough. That's oh, terrible. It looks like a crab or something. Yeah. Show, the, show the light. Oh, that's it crawled, oh, yeah, that's crawled out of its shell. Let's see. Can't oh, see wow. That, yeah, that's some shit that Rocky would drink like oh my before God. he goes on yeah, a run. Dude, the life feed, that's, that that's like, actually showing that up real like good on poop, the life feed. Poop toilet. Like fucking somebody had like somebody was like drunk the night before and that's their oh, oh man yeah let's see if we can get another mm. oof it does not look good dude oh that's gonna be so rough dude uh, oh let's do this uh, All right, let's see mm. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'll be honest it, I didn't expect it to be so bad it tastes great it tastes great. But texture, it's the texture, wise. texture, dude. Texture. We, we when know. that shit hit my tongue, it was like, Ooh. It, was, it was like that was weird. I wonder what yeah. happens there. Oh, that was fucking. Weird. Oh. It's good though. It's actually, I feel a little better. <laughs> Honestly, because I feel like I ate something dude. a little bit. Yeah, right. it's like warm going down in that fucking. Okay, I'm not listening to him last time. Just smell this. It smells oh, good. Jesus Christ, Man, that, that was that rough. Was rough. Oh God. Brad, you got to do it now, bro. No. Come on, just do it. I'm not fucking... No. This isn't Fear Factor. No. no. Yeah. Uh, you reminded me. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> no, I kind of had to do it once I did it. Though. Yeah. Once, yeah, I once I you started it, it the process... Yeah. Would, yeah. Fucking Rudy over there with oh, this fucking military whiskey. Yep. <laughs> old Rudini. So old Rudini. Well, the yeah. whiskey's good. The sauce is amazing. Yeah. You think together, but it's just gelatinous. No, I would, like, I would never think that those two things would no. enhance each no. other's flavor. I thought no. it would have stirred up, though. No. I mean, if I had blended it, it might have worked or something, but why did it go like Stir stick, you probably been it went straight it. loogie. Yeah. It went like it looked like someone coughed and spit in that. That was rough. I can't even stand. What do they call it? Horchiladas? The <laughs> horchata? Horchata? Michelada? Horchata? Michelada? Yeah, that's even that's different. But the whole thing is gross. It's like uh, tomato, made something sauce, up. tomato sauce and beer and oh, hot sauce or yeah, with horchilada, clam juice and horchata is like, rice milk, <laughs> chocolate or cinnamon rice milk. With tomato juice and beer. That's yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah with and possibly light. clam. Yeah. And clam. Yeah. Oh, that's a clamato. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whore clamato. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I'm up in that taco truck. Yeah. Make Come get your whore clamatos. What drink is that? Name the drink. Oh, what a bartender God. call that. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> They'd call it the Rusty Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Why Shatner? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Does it look like someone's Shatnery whiskey? There's <laughs> 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 a Shatnery whiskey and some got in. Oh, I hope Teco still loves yeah, this. It was delicious, I have to say. No, yeah. You, I mean, it wasn't the hot sauce's fault. You put whiskey in it. Yeah. Yeah. I modified yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I was thinking they that should. That looks make, bad. They though, should right? make it some looks candles. So bad. 
Oh yeah, like, like take a candle. We oh, could do yeah. that. We can like, just oh, do shit, that. Smells, just put the yeah, hot the problem is it might just turn into work. like a pepper spray scenario. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah you walk into the house, you're like, oh god, my eyes. Fucking. That would suck. Yeah. God damn it. All my so, pants um, are foiled. We also like to thank our patrons. Um, we're going to do it a little bit differently this week since we're still in between Sculpt members of the month. So at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about a couple of our patrons who were close to becoming Sculpt members, but were off uh, for this reason or that. So we're going to give some uh, some pointers at the end of the episode um, to thank uh, some of our patrons that are close, mm-hmm. um, but to tell them mm-hmm. what to do. Um, if you're interested oh, so in, in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com black slash Sophie King podcast. And for as little as a measly dollar, you get bonus episodes. You get the love of your father. That's and that's important. like, it's important. there's no other venue on earth where for just a dollar a month, you can get the love of your father. No, no one's offering that. No, it's going to cost thousands. And we all know month. like women you with know. daddy issues. That's a problem. Yeah. I you mean, know. you might have to buy them like a new boat yeah. or like, you know, I mean, no. you, you have to spend a lot of money to get them. You don't even have to check them down. It's, it's a fucking dollar. You don't have to check them down. No. He just, they just know. Cause they even though, it. even if you know your father and you think he loves you, he doesn't probably doesn't he doesn't and my, i mean let's does, put it this way let's put it this way my kids aren't patrons right yeah it is the thing even <laughs> say say he does love you right i mean there's gonna be you know six seven times a month where they're gonna remember that fucking shit you did and they're like oh fuck wad mm-hmm. you know and just for half a second they don't love you but for a dollar a month they love you all month all long. the time like totally worth a dollar. So patreon.com black slash sucking podcast. And as always, we are a member of the Podbelly podcast network. So go to podbelly.com and you can uh, find out all kinds of glorious uh, podcasts that you can download and listen to and put in your ear mouth mm. and chew it up with your ear brain. Hmm. Yep. That's weird. Like an octopus. <laughs> Multiple brains. Mm. Yep. Um, so with that, we will. Uh, I'm not sure where this topic came from. You floated it a couple of weeks ago, but it got pushed pushed back. Brent, where do you remember where this one came? This from? came from Steve Foster. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's a it's a some shit that a lot of people probably know nothing about. These, dude, these dudes are fucking badass. So gangster, dude. Yeah, these from back in the su- day. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I don't know how I don't hear about this already. Right. Like they're. It might be crazy. because it might be a uniquely Amer- like a uniquely British slash nepalese indian thing like maybe in the uk you've heard of them um because it's kind of like definitely no it's kind of like a special forces of the british military it's nepalese or nepalanese um neapolitan yeah Mm. Yeah. i love that it's because he was uh, a short guy but he was a good military leader yeah it happened because the british at least a third of them was the british are so inbred that they can't reproduce to create their own soldiers in their army, so they right. had to outsource it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All their eyes got yeah. closer and closer together, yep. and they got kissing cousin eyes. This is and they couldn't, they, they, could they couldn't shoot straight. Soldier. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they had to just outsource it. Well, their teeth were in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it helps with the bullets, though. Yeah, yeah. But Stro- so scope hits their teeth. Um, <laughs> they can't get the gun up to their mouth, mm-hmm. like their shoulder area. So this <laughs> military group, and we'll go into all kinds of details about them, goes back to 1814. And one of the things, like before we even get into any of the details that I found super fucking interesting about this, especially as someone who like, cause I immediately started like picturing future pictures of 20 years from now and 50 years from now, because there's paintings 
going back to 1814 of what they looked like in an army in 1814. There's going to be an And then there's pictures of them in like 1850. And then there's photos of them starting in the late 1800s. And you're just watching the evolution of their uniforms and of the, of the current war that they're in, the weapons they're using, like all the way up to they're in Afghanistan and they're fucking tricked out in modern day military gear as a full Gurkha uh, regimen. And I was just, I'm, I was so fascinated just looking, you know, Oh, here's them in 1911. Here's them in world war two. Here's them in fucking. And then I looked at yeah. one and I was like, I couldn't quite pinpoint the date and i was trying to because they they had camouflage on but it was an older photo and i was like well that camo wouldn't have existed yet and i couldn't really see what type of weapon they were firing it was just the barrels and i was like what the fuck era was this and i finally tracked it down it was like a 1970s era but it's just it was really interesting to me to just look at the photos and paintings Hmm. of as they evolve they always have their kukri it's they're super curved, interesting uh, too. I, their I, curved blades. I think a lot of their success is owed to like w- their culture that they come from. Like everything's so simplistic, and they're like just moldable, is what it is. Like they're like extremely intelligent, super fucking tough. Yeah. And they just like like I was watching. Uh, I watched a bunch of documentaries on it, but I'm wondering when they fire their first weapon. Like this shit's crazy, bro. Like they fire their fucking weapon for the first time. These guys have never held a gun or fucking shot a gun right they lay these dudes down and fucking put them on sandbags Mm -hmm. and they have their fucking target like i don't know 50 yards out and they shoot like six shots this is their first time ever firing gun and they have like one inch groupings and the guy's like literally (laughs) it's ridiculous i can almost not you can almost not improve on this and it's the first time they've ever fired a weapon it's because they've never watched war movies they don't have any preconcept of like Oh, I'm a fucking gangster or I'm a fucking Rambo or I, like they have nothing to compare it to. They're just following exact instructions of right. shoulder this fucking thing, like hold your breath, squeeze the fucking trigger. Like once you're ready, like, and they're, they have one inch groupings the first time they ever fired the fucking right. rifle. And we'll, we'll talk about like the, like what it takes to become one. If you live in this, in this particular region and like, I was already starting to read into it and it's like, you know, you read about anything like the green berets or the Navy seals, or you read about these groups and like what they have to go through to, you know, to earn the stripes, to become a Navy seal. And it's like, there's all this shit that they have to do to, to, to pass these tests, to become a Gurkha. And that's before they've even gone to boot camp. Yeah. Like no, they, watched, it's not like they're already soldiers. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's fucking crazy. It's really man. wild. I watched a documentary and it was 57, a difference from the numbers I saw in your notes, but 57,000 um, tried out for 123 positions. It's Damn. like only 123 people got accepted. That's like out trying of to get on the fire and they tried out. Right. And it goes down to the point that they, <laughs> yeah. they're looking at them like they're fucking like, I don't know, like dogs, like show dogs or like, fucking racehorses or something yeah because, they're looking at their teeth well, yeah mm-hmm. they're yeah, like looking matters, at their gums yeah. they're measuring them they're like pulling yeah. out their chest they're measuring they look them. at like how far their elbows bend yeah like yeah. like they've all got it this down to like, damn he's triple jointed <laughs> yeah they've got it down to like a breeding selection yeah. basically and it's like man well you, it's because they know prior you have yeah. these guys that were this like and they've been doing it for you know yeah. over their great know, great 200 years you know yeah. and so they're they've gotten it down to a science of this type of body type this type of personality yeah. this type of you know what i mean and then like, they do this rigorous like interview thing like they sit them down and they're like 
tell me what you know about the Gurkha. And they're like, the Gurkha started like, and they're speaking the best English they could possibly do. And they like got access to a computer somehow and got on the internet to try to learn everything they could learn about the Gurkha because it's life changing. Like they have no hope but to fucking like walk behind a fucking yak and try to plow some right. fucking field. And at any given time, there's like one doctor to every 60,000 people there. Like it's like the fourth poorest fucking place you in would the think, world. You would think that the fucking British government who's, who's recruiting these people... Is it, is it the British government or is it like a, an yes external no. force? It's both. It's the British government it's is India, actively. Yeah. So, so, but they're you, also there's there's the Indian military, the British military, yeah. and like a mercenary so kind of sourcing. group so, that even goes to the UN. So you would, you would think that they would take care as to where these people were coming from. You know what I mean? Like they would they would say, you know, okay, well we it's need almost, to kind of. The problem is, is like culturally, and it's almost owed to the the stock that they're producing because how like rough I, their life how is. How rough is their what life makes is, them, uh, is what sure. makes yeah. them yeah. that way. And so like I saw yeah. one of the things. Oh, and I guess if, if people are dying, they weren't fit out for it, cut right. out for it anyway. Right. So and it's kind of like a modern day Sparta. Well, they Kinda. were like, they they're were, just yeah, like watching yeah, like over it. Like, sure, oh, yeah, he ain't going to make it. Uh, yeah. He's not going to make it. They were interviewing these guys and they were talking about um, some of the leadership that runs like the, the boot camp of sorts yeah. um, for the new recruits. And they were saying, yeah, when we first came here, um, they were yelling rude things at us and they were pulling like fucking full metal jacket on. They're yeah. like, fucking your days of finger banging, merry rotten crotch and a pretty pink panties are over, like fucking screaming and cussing at him. And they found out like that is the wrong fucking thing. That doesn't work with these fucking guys. Right. These guys don't need motivation. They're motivated as fuck. Like they are a warring fucking like culture. Like they are badasses by nature and they are living to fucking do this. Like by getting chosen for the army, it's mm. like they won the lottery. Yes. It's going to change their family's life. Wow. Yeah. Like to the point that when you don't mm. get accepted, some people just don't go home. They just wow. don't go back home. Right. And you're talking about 20,000, 50,000 people try out for this and 100, 200 make it. And so some there was a bridge like on the way back to where they're going and they had to put nets. Jumping off yeah, them. they had to put nets over the motherfucker because people were just jumping off the bridge because it was you only get to try like you start trying at, uh, eight, at age 18, 18 or something seventeen, and you can't be older than 21. Or 21 <clears> so you get like four tries and yeah. it was the last try and That's they crazy. didn't make it. To the point that on one of the interview processes, uh, the guy was like, tell me why you shaved your legs. It was like all subtitled. He's like, uh, if it's easier when I'm running. He's like, did you shave your, le- your legs to look younger? How old are you really? I'm like uh, grilling him about how oh, old are you. Fuck. Because think about record keeping in the park yeah, or something. Yeah, He's like, yeah, they don't know fucking when their real birthday was. Right, it was like, yeah. oh, there was a fucking full moon and the yak was bleeding. He's 21 yeah. and a half. You like, and one of the ones that I saw in the fourth like a, harvest. There was a guy that they followed in <clears throat> a video that I watched and he was 21 and it was his fourth attempt. And like he was like, he was fucking, and it was like they were filming at live time. Life or death. It was like one, like when you're done with all these tests. They call you into like basically they sit everyone down in a courtyard and one at a time they call people into a room to tell them whether they succeeded or not. And they have to leave out the back of the building. So nobody knows. So nobody knows. Nobody knows who got. They're all from different (laughs) villages. So you don't see them. And they say something, something bad luck. You hear them say bad luck. And then the dudes just cry. Yeah. Something, something bad luck. And then they, they leave and they go that way and they fucking didn't make it. And they're just fucking devastated. Yeah. But they because their family's going to be poor now. Like. They interviewed this one guy who was 21 and he was just fucking, you just saw it on it. He was just shitting bullets. He was like, this is it for my entire family. Yeah. You know, for and then try. the camera went on to the other side of the building when he came down and he had like a fucking rucksack and just this fucking gleam in his eye. And he ran up the staircase. They told him to run up to, to report for duty. And he was just like, they're he could stoked. barely even talk. And then they so turned the fucking, camera off. Thought, get the fuck down. I was just, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> they like yeah. on the people that don't make it, they put like fucking some kind of like into like fucking crazy blue ink that stains their fucking skin. So there's no way they can come back around and like try, try and to trick in, it or yeah. anything. Yeah. It was wild, huh. man. It's fucking crazy. That's but for crazy. them, they were like, they, they don't take any of their personal belongings. Everything gets left behind. They cut their fucking hair. They give them all new uniforms. Mm. They fucking just get indoctrinated. But they are just like people um, in the UK were talking about seeing them around. They're like, they're meticulous. They're well-dressed. They're polite. They're courteous to the point that they have this vision of people in like uh, the UK that they're all these like perfect <clears throat> citizens and everyone is trustworthy. And they were trying to figure out how to use their ATM card. And they just like gave someone their pin number. They're like, can you help me? And the guy's like, sure, I'll help you. And he's like, gives right. him his pin number. He's like, how do you do this? It's like five, four, one, three. Like, he's just like, oh, fuck. No, don't tell anyone that. But they're yeah. super trusting because yeah, right. they have this like vision of the queen and like, the, yeah. you know, they're from far away, but they've built this they thing don't, up. They don't know like yeah. modern. That's crazy. Well, I guess it's still kind of <clears throat> third world, I guess. The crazy yeah, thing is I think it sure. was like in the first few months, they grow an inch and gain 20 pounds or something. You could see it on them, man. They're yeah, just, they, they're oh, just they, they were so malnourished. Yeah. They just they're eat, just like, yak milk. skinny fucking kids. And then you see like someone who's like a year in and they're just like, they're like twice the size. Wow. Like they're just like, they've put it's up like so my dog. Much. As soon you as you got them from the yeah. shelter. Dude, they exactly. showed what they were feeding them because they're making them do fucking crazy Navy <clears throat> SEAL shit. But they fucking gave them a plate with this pile of rice that looked like it was a fucking family platter. And then they fucking mm. put some kind of gravy shit on it and this next scoop on it. I was like, is that for one person? Yeah, it's This for little me. dude. I'm hungry. So they're, <laughs> Why are you fucking <laughs> even bringing up food and shit right now? Their average height is 5'3 and 150 pounds. They're little dudes. And they give them a fucking plate, and they they don't even know how to use silverware yet, and they don't even make them do it yet. Fucking, They're eating with their fucking fingers. Yeah. And then all the military people around them had to adapt. Like he said, uh, for example, you can never point at one of them with your finger. You have to point with your thumb. And he said, if you ask them where That's someone where is at, got it. Yeah, yeah. they'll point with their chin. They go like this, and if yeah. someone's far away, they go like that. He's like, you can't touch their neck or their shoulders because they think they'll get a goiter or a tumor <laughs> on their neck. Crazy. So you can't fix their collar for them. And if you did have to do it for any reason, it was necessary for you to touch their neck. You have to blow on your fingers. And like, we're talking about like drill sergeants yeah, yeah, yeah. that adapted to this culture. And they're like, yeah. they talk yeah. to them and they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll conform to that. They yeah. have no full nudity. Cause it's worth it. Yeah. They can only take showers with their swim trunks on still. Mm. Um, they sleep on the fucking floor. Well, they have a different religion and stuff like their belief systems. Yeah. Different too, but that, so all that, all but that, that British military that, training yeah. for those particular regiments, they completely adapt to them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And they, they said that there's no status like, um, you know, like a fucking infantryman and a fucking general. They don't, they don't see him. They see him as an equal. And because of their such close knit community, everyone's like a fucking family. It was real weird mm-hmm. how they, they realized it was better to go with them. Then they can't beat them, join them. them. Yeah. To, 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 to yeah. roll with it because they didn't need the motivation. To get like the best soldiers we have. They were going to be yeah. the best that they can fucking be because they needed to be and they wanted to be for their fucking family yeah. and because it was the only opportunity they could possibly so they're getting, have in life. They're, so they're getting paid so they can give their family money and all right. that And they stuff, get an opportunity right? yeah. to actually move to the UK yes. and like live mm. in a fucking city and have an opportunity to get a, a different they bring type their, of so job. So they can bring their family yeah. and all and that. And they get education. Yeah. Like they yeah. don't know how to read and write. Like it's crazy. They went from like pulling a fucking like plow behind a fucking yak and being skinny and malnourished to like being these fucking muscled up fucking seal style killers setting up a radar fucking equipment and like a fucking surface to air missile launcher in Afghanistan with like fucking optics on their rifles and shit. And you're like, Whoa, because they just are, they want it. 
yeah. they just they want it so want bad drive. that they, they, yeah. they learn yep. everything they're supposed yep. to learn. It was yeah. really impressive. I watched a ton of shit on it. it was That's one thing we're losing here, like in America, the with everybody drive, giving yeah. giving everything to yep. everybody, and nobody wants to work for anything. Like the want and drive's not there. Like well, they even admitted someone just, said that like what British soldiers don't even have, and it's a sense of like this like camaraderie and family. Yeah. And everybody's against each other yeah, everyone's and, yeah. out for their own right. to do the best to outdo the other guy mm-hmm. and they were more like, else, like yeah they're like when they're fighting it's like that's your brother and your fucking cousin yeah. right there so it's just a different type of yeah. unit when you're like against some fucking germans it's like you and your fucking uncles are like fuck we got to do this shit that's a different kind of fight oh yeah you know what i mean yeah. i mean i know that that soldiers are like these are my brothers um and i I have no idea what that's like to fucking just see one of your friends die and have that type of unity yeah but i guess it's another level of unity because they are actually fucking family in a lot of the cases well there's some i mean i would argue to say that there's some units that are like really tight-knit and family-like for sure not taking there's other units that aren't you know i mean i I think it depends on the level and how deep you really are you know what i mean well i think people Develop bonds when yeah. you're stressful, fucking life right. death situations like well, that, like, where you like, have to uh, rely on each other. Yeah, like Jeff Adamek, his cheerleading squad, they were mm-hmm. always really like tight knit. Yeah. yeah, he was willing sure. to wear the skirt when he was wearing the shirt and yeah. shorts. Yeah. yeah, and even on the family thing, like there was a historian who named Tony Gould who was like looking at all, like the he's like studies the history of of the Gurkhas, and he said they are tough, they are brave, they are durable, they are amenable to discipline. They have another quality, which you could say some British regiments uh, had in the past, but it's doubtful they have now. And that is a strong family tradition so that within each battalion, there were usually very, very close family links. So when they were fighting, they were not uh, so much fighting for their officers or the cause, but for friends and family. So it's like, you know, it's like there's it's a it's a small community that they draw from. So it's like that's literally my cousin. Yeah. Or nephews, cousins, brothers. And even if even if you don't know that guy, it's like, well, you know that his dad got the fucking Victorian cross, which is like the American equivalent of the Medal of Honor in Vietnam. Yeah. And he was a Gurkha. And it's just I mean, there's just this lineage there that that they celebrate. Their motto apparently is better to die than be a coward. Damn. Um that's just and, straightforward. And did you see their war cry? Uh-uh. Steve Foster sent me, I, I can't pronounce it probably. It's like Io Greek Kale or something. They mm. yell like Io Greek Kale uh, or something like that. Yeah. I can't, yeah, I don't uh, know how you say terrible. it. But no, but what it means is the Gurkhas are upon you. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should just say that. Yeah. yeah. But it means the Gurkhas are upon you. And he's like, if you fucking hear this shit. Like there was a TikTok video <laughs> that Steve Foster sent me. He's like, you see, that? it means they're about to do some gangster <laughs> shit. Yeah. They're going to chop your fucking head off. I watched a documentary where they were like, hunkered down um outside of an enemy thing where everyone was fucking locked up mm. and an enemy dude um stuck his fucking head out to like try to look around Shot. and like with a quickness that motherfucker pulled out his kukri or whatever that is that 18 inch curved blade mm-hmm. chopped the motherfucker's head off mm-hmm. and he fucking fell back inside like in fucking yeah. five seconds without yeah, hesitation yeah, yeah. right yeah, and then they laughed for 20 minutes he said they would rather laugh and starve than like be able to eat he said like they had to get used to that too because they were constantly giggling like it's a like a personality disposition like trait that they have where they they giggle nervously it's like huh. a joker yeah and so <laughs> the, the, he said that it would be a bunch of little was, jokers you know, running around someone that had to, had to go to battle against them said that they fucking would like you'd hear like, the giggles like bomb you or some shit and they like look over like there they are and they would they would come out and like <laughs> because they, were, like, they couldn't fucking help it and they're all five foot three yeah. and they're like they're like these little brownies that are uh, fucking giggle, like, yeah yeah, yeah like murder brownies yeah. oh those would be delicious so there was a the 
former Indian Army Chief of Staff, who was the Field Marshal Sam Manickshaw, uh, who was in charge of the Gurkha regiments for the UK, I believe, said like after years at war, um, and I think he was in World War II, I'm not exactly sure what his era was, but his quote was, if a man says he is not afraid of dying, he's either lying or he's a Gurkha. That's mm. fucking cool. <laughs> like yeah. that's some hardcore shit. So um they come from Nepal, um various regions. Um apparently even like at this point they've expanded um the regions that they allow to become Gurkhas to I guess a bigger ne- area. Nepal's of Nepal. where a lot of monks are too. Yeah. And doing monk shit mm-hmm. like fuck, dude. Yeah, like like, and it's that, all like just, it's at the. It's most at the, of them aren't monks, though. That's but it's at the no, no, no. I know that, Himalayas. but I'm saying that's that's where like yeah. in Nepal there's yeah. a lot of monks, yeah. or I guess however many of them there are. But that's like Nepal's famous for monkery. Yeah, yeah. yes, they are yeah. famous for monkery. So. Um, British officials in the 19th century declared the Gurkhas to be quote a martial race, and said that everybody from that area was naturally warlike and aggressive when in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, like you look at him and you think, no way that guy's going to fuck no me way. up. And then it's like, apparently he is. He is. He's going to chop your fucking head off. <laughs> yeah. because He just like, wants it more than you. Well, yeah, dude, you'll it. see when we go through this, like story after story, there's like fucking like four dudes take on like hundreds of fucking it's Japanese crazy, soldiers. Dude. Yeah, when we get retreat. into the fucking individual stories, it's ridiculous. It's some Spartan dude. fucking 300 yeah. shit. Ridiculous. So apparently there was a war called the Anglo-Nepalese War that lasted for a couple of years starting in 1814. And it was the present day Nepal, which at the time was called the Gorkha Kingdom. And they went to war with the fucking East India Company. Hmm. Like full on war. They're just at war with a company. The trading company. Yeah. yeah. And we did an episode on East India Company. So go back and listen to it because they're about the most fucked up corporation in the history of fucked up corporations. But um, the, the Gorkha lost the war because they were so radically outnumbered and outgunned and out everything. But the British soldiers that were fighting on behalf of the East India Company at the end of the day were like, these motherfuckers. They seized an opportunity. It was like a two to one kill death yeah. ratio, though. It was like for every 300 of them that died, like fucking 600 of the of the enemy died. Right. Like, yeah. Were, they just had more. There was just more. They just of ran the out. Yeah. First. Right. Yeah. 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 So at that point, the, Br- the British officers basically went to their, you know, officers in charge of them. And they were like, we need to fucking. Think about recruiting because they had some defectors is was the other thing that they were kind of employing and they were just fucking ninja badasses like they were fucking sneaking into camps and feeling shoelaces in the dark and shit to see like who if it was an enemy based off of their fucking shoe tread and shoelaces or something yeah i think that was in the world war yeah but i mean that's how sneaky they're like tiny little fucking like pit bulls dude they're fucking gangsters yeah in world war one and in world war two one of their techniques was they would send one person to fucking sneak up ninjas like there's a trench over there we have no idea who's in it so sneak up there and they knew dark yeah yeah middle of the night they knew how british soldiers and german soldiers laced their boots so they would sneak up and then in fucking pitch black, feel the boots of multiple people who were asleep and be like, oh, no, these are all Germans. And then they would crawl back and be like, oh, they're all Germans. Let's go fucking murder them all. And then they'd all sneak up in the middle of the night and kill them. Or they'd be like, hey, these are those are Brits. So in the morning, we need to support them. The other or, thing that was kind Japanese of funny was whoever. when they were assessing like their physical fitness and stuff to try to see who to recruit, 
they're super fucking good in mountainous terrain, like going up hills and over yeah, fucking uneven terrain. Goats. But they tried to they put them on, in. have them run yeah. in straight lines on they flat land, and they can't fucking do it. That's funny. It was weird. They were like knock need. That's like the disposition, though. They're, they're normal. They're they're made a specific way because mm-hmm. of where they grew up. Like yeah, they're, like they're they would have evolution them run, and they were like it, laughing know? at themselves because they had to like run in a triangle, <laughs> like from point to point, from like to there to there to there, and how long is it going to take? And it was like they were trying, and it looked so awkward. That's funny. But you put them on some fucking hills and over like uneven put them terrain, on some rocks and shit, and they're just like fucking spider monkeys, dude. They're fucking all yeah. over that shit, like a mountain goat. That's crazy. <clears throat> so they start to form them, and um, as official regiments, you know, under the the British Empire, and uh, the British East India Company uses them basically as mercenaries in a war that they had in 1817. In a war in 1826, um, and then in two wars in 1847 and 1848. So, even the the you know this company who doesn't technically have an army realized how badass these guys were, and were like, "There's our new army." <laughs> like, we don't have an army, but we do now. <laughs> we do now, because all we um, gotta do is give these guys some rice and fucking yeah, feed them, and just fucking, fucking give them some gravy and a fucking kukri, and, and we're yeah. fucking done. They don't even need silverware. Yeah. Um, so in the Indian rebellion of 1857, the Gurkhas fought on the British side and then they officially became the eighth local battalion. And then they were, uh, sort of officially adopted into the British military. So it's, it's like, it's a weird thing. So they're the Gurkhas train and, or are trained by, um, multiple militaries. I'm trying to find what all they are. So Modern day, they're recruited for the British Army, the Nepalese Army, the Indian Army, the Gurkha Contingent of Singapore, the Gurkha Reserve Unit of Brunei, and the UN Peacekeeping Forces. So a lot of them are just kind of mercenaries. Like they yeah. become Gurkhas, they train, they're badasses, and then these different army, like Singapore, like whoever, the UN will just hire groups of them for peacekeeping. But then the British Army officially trains them as their own and, and brings yeah. them into the British army, you know? So, um, yeah, they get uh, brought into the, to the, uh, British army. And, um, like the first, once they were brought in within three days after they were brought in, they, uh, were sent to back up a British garrison that was like out of food, out of ammo, about to just get extinguished. And they had to march like the Gurkhas had to march forty eight kilometers a day in order to get there in time to to help. Um, and they would go into battles, and like one battle in particular, they lost three hundred and twenty seven out of four hundred and ninety men. But they don't retreat, they don't surrender, they don't back down. They will literally fight to the last fucking man. Yeah. And, and you know, to save, like, British soldiers that they don't know that are from a different fucking country. Like, and this is, like, before the, you know, 150, 200 years of loyalty. This is, like, day one shit, yeah. you know, that they're, and everybody's, like, tripping by them. And then Queen Victoria, right after that war, um, and I don't even know what this means, and I don't pretend to, she gave their regiment colors. Oh, that's 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 like uh, the bars and stuff, you know. So, so it's like a permanent. Yeah. Like if you be, if you join that regiment, this is a medal you get day yeah. one. Okay. So like I know like the the hundred and first airborne, like you get a yeah. you get like a medal that they earned at the Battle of Bastogne, and it's like it's just permanently part of the unit. So it's probably something like that, I would guess. 
Um, but yeah, so the queen officially gave him colors and that made him even more officially part of the, of the British, uh, uh, action. Um, so they kept, so, you know, for Britain, it might be like, uh, like a dress uniform too. Oh, maybe they wear a funky uniform with a really crazy hat. Did you see their hat? Um, yeah, a little tilted, like, yeah, fucking, uh, <laughs> smoky the bear yeah, kind of little crazy, and hat. then the strap goes like just <clears throat> under your bottom lip. Yeah, like they wear it just like right there across their fucking face. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. So it says, yeah, uh, line tactics. The unit color was an important rallying point for infantry soldiers. So mm-hmm. That might be something too. So yeah, maybe it's just something to to separate, identify, I mean, identify, identify, identify their, their group. Yeah, 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 that makes like, sense. We're, we're blue and gold. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they served in the British army from 1857 up until world war one. Um, <clears throat> they served in Burma, Afghanistan, India, uh, Malta, Cyprus, Malaya, China in the boxer rebellion and Tibet. Um, during the second Afghan war, which was, which started in 1878 there, this was the earliest, thing that I read about an, about an individual soldier from the Gurkhas. Cause you start to read some individual stories and you're like, Jesus Christ. But the first one that I read was about a guy who got the nickname bullets and this his is crazy. His is name was, yeah, his name was Jemadir Jangia Thapa. Hmm. And, uh, he was an orderly under a uh, major general, but my friends he, call me bullets. Yeah. He got the nickname bullets because he was hit in the forehead by a bullet that completely flattened on his head. And didn't do any damage. <laughs> I mean, maybe hit him right there in that fucking hard spot. A but bullet? Like, yeah. I, but I mean, they're old ass fucking lead bullets or something. It's like soft ass, whatever metal they made it out of on that batch. You know what I mean? It wasn't like there was total uh, standardized. That shit's still going to earn you a nickname. Like everybody, all your homeboys are sitting there and they watch you get shot in the head. And then you sit up laughing and pull the bullet off. I mean, I've seen a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've definitely seen shit where people get with a 22 yeah, but think about Think about lead, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And think about how hard lead would have to hit something to flatten. To flatten. That's the key. Yeah, dude. Think about slapjack I mean, or whatever. Blackjack things. Yeah. Those will fuck you up. Those yeah. are full of lead. That hurt. Yeah. You barely hit yourself and that hurts. Yeah. Because you could say, uh, like, oh, maybe it was at, like, the end of its trajectory and most of its inertia was spent. No, but then it then wouldn't it was have just, fucking flattened. It wouldn't have flattened. It would just hit. Like, yeah. That's what I'm thinking Or that's about. what I was trying to think. Uh, what if it hit something uh, else, flattened out, and then ricocheted and slapped him in the face? Happened, yeah, that, 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 that sounds more plausible. Yeah. Either way, it's I'm on board with that one. It's definitely It's still fun. I mean, that's still, yeah. You roll with that. Even if you know that it hit the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, man, that shit hit me in the head. Yeah. Um. So in World War One. Uh, more than 200,000 Gurkhas served in the British army. Um, they lost, uh, they had 20,000 casualties and they won 2000 gallantry awards. They lost less people than the Australians. Yeah. (laughs) The, they ended up, there's a constant discussion of how many casualties death or, or death removed from the battle from battle. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember always thinking like back in the day, I heard casualties. I always thought it was everyone died. Yeah. No, you could have, like you could have got stabbed in the leg and you were sent to the hospital for a month. Yeah. You're a cat. Like you're off the battlefield. You're going to be back on the battlefield in a month, but right now you're a casualty. Like you're not. So if there's 200,000 casualties, just like a grown ass man, I was like surprised that I had that definition wrong. I mean, you think of a casualty, like, I was thinking they died. Yeah. 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 
I think that's definitely the connotation of the word casualties in American English. Like if some, if there's yeah, plane crash, three hundred twenty-seven yeah. casualties. Yeah, yeah. like oh. no, some of them lived. <laughs> oh no, yeah, no not all casualties. They just can't yeah. fly at the moment. Only twenty-seven yeah. of them. They'll be died. back <laughs> flying soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny how like there's certain like military terms that we use every day, but in the military they're different. Like right. they they mean something. Like casualty, for instance, like. Yeah. That, that means something different than Peter what we Puffer. would. Peter Puffer. Yeah, yeah. Peter Puffer, yeah. Cocksucker. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah, completely different. So there was a battle called the Battle of Luz. And the well, we eight, know it's gonna that's disheartening. Here. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> well, it was. It, it's very telling. <laughs> the 8th Gurkha Battalion um, fought against German defenses to the last man. Yeah. And they were charging. Like it wasn't like we were yeah, retreating, and getting shit. slaughtered. Yeah. They just kept running in. Yeah, they watched Braveheart right before and got exactly. All up. And the person in charge of it said that the entire battalion found its Valhalla. Yeah. Wow. Like they were all. Well, just you don't like, want to be the last guy unless you won. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, One yeah. to one. Yeah, right. And you're down yeah, to it. Yeah. Um. So in World War Two, um, again there were there were a ton of them. They were in. Uh, they followed the Dunkirk evacuation. In 1940, um, they uh, increased how many they had. Eventually, they reached up to 43 battalions during World War II. I had to look at battalions and regiments and shit again. Like that always, like I always mm. feel like it's an assumption that the rest of the world understands what the fuck is happening of the hierarchy of battalion and company and platoon. And unless you're like a military buff, I, I don't feel like that's common knowledge. Now I always forget. So how big is a battalion? Platoon's like 15 to 20 yeah, or something. Platoon is small. Yeah, and then uh, I think a regiment can contain battalions, and battalions are a thousand or something like that. I think. I think okay. battalions are one thousand soldiers. This before. Yeah, I'm sure so we did, a regiment yeah. can have up to two battalions or something. So it could be one to two thousand per regiment yeah. based on how many battalions it has. And then a company, you know, I think is a couple hundred or something, and it's contained inside of a battalion, which isn't a regiment. So it's like platoon, company, right? Uh, battalion, regiment. I believe I'm, some military be guys right. like something like dumb that. Shit, yeah. Did right? you guys see that, the new Netflix show, Dumbkirk? Mm-mm. No, it's a it's a Star Trek spinoff. It's going to be uh, uh, Captain Kirk's retarded, oh. retarded brother, yeah. played by Kurt Russell, dumb Kurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spock is uh, Casey Kasem. So, uh, <laughs> two hundred and fifty thousand Gurkhas served um, in World War Two. I think we should every, have more from Dave for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's he making every, fun of it. He every like battlefront: India, uh, Syria, North Africa, Italy, and Greece, and. Most notably in World War II, they fought probably the worst part of the war, which was against the Japanese. Yeah. Which was just a You don't want to get caught by the Japanese. Show, dude. dude, which I was, I was like Japanese. so impressed because like somewhere in here we were talking like talking about one of these battles where they fought off a bunch of Japanese. I was like, that's the kamikaze motherfuckers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're the same as the fucking Gurkhas. Yeah. They will. Right. They don't give a fuck. They will yeah. fly their plane into you mm-hmm. on speed and exactly. fucking kill you. Right. But even the Japanese are like, oh, look at these motherfuckers right <laughs> yeah. here. That's what I'm getting at. There's the one where they fight like oh. one dude. Yeah. One dude fucking, I saw the interview with the guy too. The actual guy that gets his, like, throws the grenades back. I'm He's skipping ahead. Oh, yeah. We'll talk to him. Mushi, I saw, mushi. I saw that second, guy like yeah. on one of my documentaries I watched. You know what Mushi Mushi is, right? Soup. Mm. Delicious oh. ice cream. Mushi Mushi. So a guy named Havildar... Uh, Bangatga Gurung, um, and all their names are a fucking mouthful. But, terrible names. So at eighteen, he, is he a one dollar patron? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> at eighteen, he joins the British Army right after the war breaks out. Um, so he it's 
again, it's like, oh, the British just went to war with the Germans who are like dominating the entire world right now. Where do I sign up? Yeah. Like, you got nothing better to do. Yeah. So he signs up. He Picking joins up yak the, shit. the third Gurkha rifles and, um, he gets promoted to the equivalent of a corporal in 1943. Well, at this point, they have over a 100-year lineage already. Yeah, for These sure. motherfuckers are Absolutely. down, yep. ready to go. So in 1943, he sees combat in Burma. He gets promoted to corporal. He gets demoted um, because the British CO ordered him to patrol the wrong area, and shit got fucked up, and then the CO pinned all the blame on this mm-hmm. guy, which later on in the war, they it all got un- uncovered that it was he a bad, up, yeah. like, and then he got his, his rank back. But um, so on March 5th of 1943, um, their goal was to take a hill called Snowden East mm. and um, against the, the Japanese. So his group, the third Gurkha rifles were there and they were told to take the hill regardless of cost. They were out of ammo, like all of the Gurkha, they had no ammo, they had nothing left and they still are getting orders. Take the hill, no matter the cost. So this one motherfucker and his group try to sneak up, um, on they're they're trying to find the best way up the hill and at the top of the hill, there's a, a, a concrete bunker with a fucking heavy machine gun in it. And they're like, we have to get to the top of the hill and we have to get rid of that bunker. So the easiest way up the hill is a way that they have to cut through four different uh, emplacements of Japanese soldiers in order. That's like the best route up the hill. Damn. So they get to that side and they start to sneak up. And they were doing fine until a Japanese sniper in a tree. My mom was yeah, right. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I was With like, a oh. flamethrower. <laughs> starts killing him. And I couldn't <laughs> quite understand it. So he starts picking off the Gurkhas from this little small group that was, that was sneaking up the hill. <clears throat> and this guy, Garung. He said my mom was right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have something about a flamethrower in here? Or is that something I watched? Um. There's some smoke, but there's not a flamethrower. Because there's one of these dudes that does all this shit and makes it all the way to the top. I don't think it's this one Dave's telling. But then he finally gets there, and then he gets a hold of a flamethrower and kills 30 more motherfuckers with a flamethrower. Flame yeah. yeah. It's not one of these stories, but yeah. it's one of the ones on... Because yeah. they have, like, the actual little dude, and it's so crazy because, fuck, they were 5'3 when they were yeah. 18 and fucking stout. And you know how old guys shrink, Yeah, yeah. So these dudes one. are these tiny-ass little men, yeah. little and they're sitting Yodas. there, like, telling all their stories about that they yeah. fucking went up little a hill and killed these motherfuckers yeah. with a flamethrower, and they're still alive, and they have their little metal and shit. Wow. It's fucking crazy. So, so this guy, um, he realizes... That where so they're pinned down on one side because as soon as the sniper starts firing, yeah, the, everybody move. else starts yeah. firing fucking machine guns at them, yeah. and they're laying down to avoid the machine gun fire. But this guy realizes while we're laying here to avoid the machine gun fire, that's exactly where the sniper can yeah. see us. Yeah. So he fucking gets up with a kukri in his hand or the bayonet. Technically, he has no ammo in his rifle, and he ch- with bullets flying at his back charges the sniper. Climbs up the tree and kills him with his fucking bayonet. The sniper, well, the sniper long, can't go nowhere. Long right. rifle, like shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit yeah sniper yeah, can't yeah. go nowhere. Yeah, but you know we had a g- cold two shots on him when he was charging. Motherfucker him. climbed a palm tree though, <laughs> yeah, barehanded, just all with his fucking rifle. He's and like fucking the, stabbed yeah. him with the bayonet. He's yeah. like the dude on blood, blood sport that chops the coconut. He probably he probably took the bayonet off the rifle. No, because he keeps you'll no. He still oh, okay. has the bayonet on the rifle. Oh yeah, he's up in the tree with the rifle. So it's not the sniper rifle. No, no, no. It's still okay. his. So he, he, 
That's a good point. He doesn't take the sniper rifle. He doesn't rifle. take the sniper rifle. It's some he, Call of Duty mistake That right is. There. Yeah. He climbs, or the sniper used his last bullet. Maybe. He climbs down the tree, and his men are still pinned down. And uh, so he sprints towards the first enemy position that are firing at his group. But the other enemy positions are now firing at him because he's charging one of the enemy. So yeah, he, just he, took runs. The, he took the heat off, he his, takes off the heat. his crew. Yeah. He runs through the machine gun fire of three different positions gets to running uphill the whole the whole thing is that's uphill, where the, that's where is, he yeah, sells that's at his, yeah it's like, like how is he into, coming so fast it's like when you run into a bear it's like am i supposed to run uphill or downhill to Damn get away it. from a gurkha i can't remember definitely <laughs> downhill <laughs> bear bear it's a bear look not a gurkha look, look big yeah. yeah so he runs up. run on flat terrain <laughs> yeah exactly run flat run flat don't zigzag he, he's got two grenades he throws the grenades into the enemy position and kills the people who are in that position they're just smoke grenades too but like the concussion must have got him no yeah. i think these are regular grenades oh, is it? i think he still has a couple of regular grenades so he kills them then but now he's out of regular grenades he runs uphill under oh, fire from the other uh positions and jumps into the trench and kills everyone with his bayonet um, slice some fuckers and stab, we'll stab, stab the fuck out of yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, then he Want drive according to the military report while being subjected to almost continuous and point blank machine gun fire. He ran to the next two trenches, dove in, killed everyone with his bayonet. This is the fucking Nepal fucking Geronimo Dude. right here. Then he, uh, his friends take cover. He runs uphill like towards the heavy machine gun, which is firing at him. He jumps on top of the bunker. He has two smoke grenades left and he throws the smoke grenades into the bunker mm. and two Japanese soldiers run out of the back of the bunker and he jumps down and kills him with his Kukri. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the machine gun is still firing because there's the guy closest to where the machine gun is probably isn't getting smoked out because there's ventilation from the little machine gun mm-hmm. hole and they're still shooting at their friends. So he jumps into the bunker, but he realizes as he's jumping in that it's too close quarters to even fight with his kukri. So he grabs a rock off the ground, jumps in, and fucking kills the Japanese machine gunner with a rock. Yeah, sounds about right. Unbelievable. Yeah. This little motherfucker. One guy took out all those bunkers and all the motherfuckers (laughs) under fire. With no bullets, dude. A sniper, yeah, with no bullets. Sniper, fucking machine gun shooting right at his ass. People in trenches. I mean, it is, in. it is dark, I'm sure. You know what I mean? It's not like there's fucking lights out there. You, you know, know what I think the difference is, well, I don't know. No, that's no I think Japan. it was broad daylight. Was it daylight? Yes. Uh, I think it was and a it's daylight Japanese. Raid, you feel like they got some hand-to-hand combat shit going on. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to think, too. They're, they're young kids, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just because they were torturing the Chinese. Right. You know, like they're, they were they're young kids, malnourished, too, you know? probably. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It could be the difference, yeah, between military training and the the background, like the hand to hand compound of the Gurkha. Those think, dudes are just bad. Yeah, think, yeah. yeah, think about they had a lot more training. There were more special forces. They might have all had the devotion, but this guy yeah. had the devotion and, and the know, training. I, I think isn't that knife just like a traditional knife that they just fucking carry? Like through life, those motherfuckers had it because they're like, oh, I need to I cut back this in the rope. Day, yeah, I need it was, to harvest very this utilitarian knife. This is how I cut this vegetable. It was more farming, like a farming weapon. Once yeah. it became the symbol of the Gurkha, the it became a thing for like over a hundred years. It was their practice that you couldn't draw your kukri unless you were going to draw blood with it. And if you didn't draw blood with it, you had to cut yourself with it before you could put it back in the sheet. Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Oops. Oh, fuck. So, but he and his, his bullet free homeboys get to the bunker 
and they defend the entire counterattack of all the Japanese trying to take the hill with no bullets I'm gonna say until he, they I'm gonna finally get reinforced. He's yeah. more of a leader than a manager. Yeah. yeah I think, <laughs> I think, I think so. so. Um, then there was a, uh, he's a... He's a get shit done motherfucker. So this is the guy... Well, it's because I, I saw this little at, man in when, when you get When you get told, you know, take the hill at, at all costs, you're going to die anyway. Yeah. Right. So go in hard, I guess. Might as well be legendary. Yeah, might as well, yeah. So yeah, this next guy... Which I don't know if I have a mistake in my notes because this guy's named Garung and so is the last guy. Yeah, that's probably a common name. Like Sing, Bob. Yeah, maybe. Sing. Yeah. So this it's other Patel. guy, it's the Patel of the. Of the yeah. I think this guy is probably a bigger badass. Um, and well, again, the same size. Like, dude. You just fucking scratch the surface of the Gurkhas, and it's just endless stories like this. Dude. Yeah. Just endless. This so will this, give me anxiety just because he's grabbing live yeah. grenades and throwing. So this, them back. yeah, like, this guy is <laughs> well, in the man. forwardmost position of his platoon. And then an attack of 200 Japanese start. And they throw a grenade in the trenches. He grabs it, throws it back out. Throw another (laughs) one in. It's like a movie. Grabs it, throws it back out. They throw another one in. He grabs it. It fucking goes off, blows off all his fingers, fucks up his face and his neck and his torso. And he's fucked, right? So... Um, or is he? He had he wasn't. He had two comrades who are who weren't killed by the grenade, but were downed mm-hmm. by the grenades, so and they can't fight anymore. Casualty. Yeah. So he um alone. Alone with one fucking arm bleeding no with his left fingers. arm and no fingers on his <laughs> right, uh, for four hours holds off two hundred Japanese with his left arm. After a grenade just exploded in his fucking hand. The question is, what, what would he have done with all his fingers and two comrades? Like, <laughs> exactly. Dude. Or would he have not had the fury in him? <laughs> I know, you know what man. I mean? Because he didn't just lose his fingers. I don't know. But anyway, and they, they said afterwards that he was just completely calm and he wouldn't shoot at any Japanese until they were point blank range. Hmm. So it was just keep on coming in and he just kept fucking shooting them. They retreated. Yeah, he held it for four well, that's hours. The, that's dude. the smartest thing to do with, when you don't have your aim hand. You know, if he was right-handed, right, right? You know, right. And then he died at ninety-two in two thousand ten. So Damn. they showed him in the village, um, and he had some. I can't remember what the war was, but a medal. And I guess like the Indian government asked if they could borrow his medal to show it at the museum, like years and years ago. And he was like, "Sure, yeah, it's an honor. Yeah, show my medal. Like I'm proud." Mm-hmm. And they took it. Well, then now Never he's like in back. fucking poverty. Um, because he can't work. He's got one fucking hand. He lives in this fucking little village still. They, at that point, when he was, when he was at that time, they would promise that you had an opportunity to live in the United Kingdom, but right. they didn't receive equal pay and they didn't let them move there. Correct. And so they got sent back to their fucking village. And so he's like, gets like $10 a month or something, which is enough for a couple handfuls of rice. He finds out that his metal, if he sold it, he could get 50,000 British pounds for it Fuck. because it's some kind of weird rare it's metal. Yeah. And um, he can't, he contacts the Indian government and they're like, no response. They don't get back to him. And he gave it to them. And it's like clear. It's on record. He That's is the fucked. recipient of this medal. And then he gave it to the museum or something. So the community went in and fucking like built him a house and bought him a house. And he got 100,000 British pounds oh, damn. or some shit. And then they did a bunch of other <laughs> charity work and repaid it elsewhere. But it was crazy because... He his son would carry him in that fucking you know the backpack that they use like, I think I've talked mm, about it like yet, the carry the rocks yeah mm-hmm. the yeah they put the strap on their head carry all the babies his the son, Doku. yeah his son was carrying him to town to go receive his ten dollars 
Um, and he's like, how can he be heavy? He's my father. Like basically like, Damn. I'm not worried about it, but he's this little tiny dude. And they put him in this basket and he carried his dad like a baby he's just, he's just down getting, to the fucking village to go get his training for his group. Exactly, yeah. For his dude. fucking turn. I was yeah. like, dude, the yeah. fucking level of fucking like camaraderie and just fucking. It's, it's one of those, like, it's one of those human things though. When you put a, hu- a human in a bad spot right they're either gonna make it or they're not yeah you know what right. i mean and, and right. that's and that's the that's their lives you know uh, that's uh, but, uh there's something and i think you have in your notes too where like the other thing they, they give back like they the, all the soldiers that ever finish give like one day's pay per year or something but it ends to, up and it goes to all the previous it goes to fund any veterans <clears throat> that were gherkins yeah, because they cool. really but at that time they, the old ones they didn't take care of them then they adapted and started to take better care of them yeah they got yeah. equal pay and, and like you said like it was it was a big thing so so the the it came out that they were being paid less than regular british troops mm-hmm. even though they were bigger fucking badasses <laughs> um and then in the 90s that pay was equalized and then in the 2000s is when they finally passed laws and said, yeah, if you served for four years in the Gurkhas, then you and your family members are eligible to to come and move to the UK. Which is wild. I was wondering what percentage of the population, because the United Kingdom, I mean, on the grand scale of things, uh, is not a giant place, really. You know what I mean? As far as the landmass goes, comparatively. No. So, like, obviously, they're not staying and milking yaks. They have to be influxing in you know, after their, their military service. So I wonder what percentage of the population is originated from Gurkha like soldiers. Probably a pretty small, I mean, there's still a lot of fucking people there. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's several, it has to be a large influx and, though. I mean, cause they're moving in. I mean, I, well, I don't know. They're saying, what are they recruiting? 120 a, a year. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Cause I mean, the highest number I saw was like 241 year. Yeah. So I mean, true on average, it's probably 200 a year at this point. Like during world war two, they really ramped it up. Like they, you know, they added more and more and more battalions and recruited more and more. And more yeah, people. they're so elite. It's like, oh, how many Navy SEALs yeah. make up the population of Texas? Right, exactly. <laughs> Quite a few. They're exactly. tough over there, but yeah. not as many as you yeah. think. Only just, six made it. I was just reading this article. Uh, Marie Callender's has cheesy potato soup right now. Oh, oh really? Nice. Yeah. Is it Gurkha potato <laughs> soup? <laughs> Gurkha, Gurkha. So um, modern day service, um, the... They still recruit the British army still recruits in Nepal. Um, the British army, uh, the video I saw said that they have 28,000 youths, youths who try to join per year, but there are usually around 200 places per year. And that about 4% of the ac- uh, applicants actually make it to be even to even start boot camp. Damn. Um, cause like I said, that selection is pre boot camp. So it's kind of back selection. It's like, you normally have that fucking crazy training, you know, after boot camp, but it's like you've got to prove you're even worth it before we let you in. Um, and the video that I saw was really interesting because they were talking about how in this area, it's just the cultural norm that you can buy your way into or out of everything. So, like, if you've got some money and there's a legal problem, you just pay money, and it's not like it's not like it's under the table. Like, no, I paid them this much money and it's not a problem anymore or anything. Like, it's just it's just a part of the culture is that you pay for whatever. And if you've got the money, you can fucking do this thing. So they said that it's really tricky and that at every step of the Gurkha process, they have to have British born soldiers there 
because they don't want, because there's a lot of infighting in Nepal. So it might be this one tribe doesn't like this other tribe. So they're going to fuck you over and not let you join. But they have a British officer who doesn't even fucking know any of that shit or care to make sure that it's a more even. There's also scams where they'll be like, Hey, if you pay us a thousand dollars, you'll be able to, you'll get approved for sure. Like yeah, but, and, they, the ranks. and they they said that they have to go around. Uh, so British, it's like the Mexican cops, right? The British soldiers have to go around and tell everyone, like, don't, don't if pay anyone. anyone ever asks you for money to become a Gurkha. They're lying. Do not pay anyone any money because this doesn't cost any money. If you're a big enough badass, you're in. There's no buying in or out of that. Like, don't worry about it. Even to the point that they that they they were talking to one of the drill sergeants who's in charge of testing. Because again, it's not just physical tests it's also mental tests and they said that the the math and the writing and all the other stuff that they have to do they have to come up with endless variations of the test because the they, worry they, is they give it someone out. will yeah. go back out in the town yeah. square sell the test out. information yeah. so every test has to be unique in order for no one to be able to buy anything hmm. um it's interesting and there are very uh, few gurkhas there's like 400 gurkhas in the uk because in 1997, they passed that law, but it was only people that had um, been discharged after 1997 or something. And had spent four years in them. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like 100 were eligible of the 400 that reside in the oh, UK. Wow. It's really way smaller right. than I thought. I guess but even if you don't move there, like you might be better off not moving there. It's like you stay in Nepal and you've gone through your your military time so you've got you've got a military pension coming and whatever right. that's probably cheap. so much money yeah. for you know back in your in your home village but they have people called galawalas mm-hmm. who travel all over Nepal and basically I thought that was a myth yeah the galawalas the galawalas yeah. But the Galawalas go to different villages crew. and they basically are just constantly scouting and they'll just like go to a family and be like, your son, if you have the money, you should send your son to our to the training center because he might be a big enough badass to become a Gurkha. Hmm. And they have people who go around and they're all ex Gurkhas. They're all retired. You know, they know exactly what they're, so they're not scamming for. people. No. And they go around and they tell people and it's like, it's up to they're you military like you, recruits. And you might not have the money to send somebody because you have to get them there and give them food and whatever. But if you can afford it. This guy could probably become a Gurkha and they go around so that they're always getting like good recruits to to come in. Um, part of it. They call them Gurkruits. Gurkruits. Yeah. Part of it is they do something called a doko race where they have to run uphill for 40 minutes. And it's not uphill. It's rough. Like it's a motherfucking mountain. Like they said uphill. And then when I saw the video, I was like, God damn. It's dude. a solid hike. It's like yeah. you're on a hike, like yeah, a yeah. steep hike. And yeah. Yeah. They're like some dudes are running it. Yeah, um, but dudes are like you know just kind of long stepping it at a fast pace, and they have fucking seventy pounds in a basket. Seventy, on fucking 70 pounds of sand in a basket that they have strapped to their head. Hmm. And the video that I saw, they were like everybody was tripping because they're all given like they weigh out all the baskets, they do everything, and then they're like pick your basket, they're all the same. So everybody picks their baskets, and they're given one plastic tarp and one blanket and a basket. And the problem is, it's very rainy there. So if it rains the night before your race, mm. you're fucked because your sand, sand just got wet. wet. Yeah. So they have these 
plastic tarps they can cover things up with and they're given a blanket and the blanket is because the basket is so rough it just causes their skin to bleed so they have to hang this blanket they have to drape it to keep themselves and then they have to run for 4.2 kilometers uphill with 70 pounds or 120 pounds of wet or dry sand on their fucking head at the finish line there's a dude with like high-tech electronic shit they're like 23 like boom and like putting tags on me like well, make some soft baskets that don't fucking rip their skin off, Fuck bitch. No. That's like, the point. That's the yeah, point. Yeah, that's, that's the, the point. point. But they uh, fucking... And then they get to eat breakfast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A big breakfast. By the way. <laughs> what do they have? They have like eggs and bacon. I don't know, but you know, like, I guess you don't want to eat before the dough waffles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some peanut butter and syrup. Uh, <clears throat> potato cream cheese they a, soup. They had their British <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> What am I going to eat when I get home? I don't know. I know. I'm Brad's going to eat. He's stopping at Marie I'm Calendars. I'm stopping at Marie Calendars. we got to get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. Is there still a Marie Calendars? Yeah, yeah, yeah it closed and then it reopened. Oh, okay. They redid it. Yeah. It shut because yeah. it shut down. No, the yeah. last time I was. Oh, it wasn't even COVID. They just shut them down. Yeah, I think they something happened. They they remodeled and stuff. Like something. Are happened. you really going? No, they there? completely. You, you just go to the counter and like don't get a no, table and just order it. Yeah, just, yeah. you're gonna call ahead. Uh, no, both of both of our Marie Calendars completely shut down and nine, went out of though. business. But then a Marie Calendars franchise owner reopened the one. On yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. There's people always there. And if you don't know what Marie Calendars is, now. which you might not, because I think it's only a West Coast yeah, franchise, maybe. it's a delicious restaurant. That Swing makes it. incredible make soups and incredible pies. Yeah. Like very good, hearty, famous, yeah, like homemade stuff, famous yeah. for their pot pies. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know oh, if you said it. Pies. I was getting, <laughs> damn it. You're getting the soup and a pot pie. What I was going to say is, I don't know if you mentioned already, but it's like prior to this crazy testing, they the way of life was still so fucking like hard and crazy right. that they didn't even have to fucking test these motherfuckers. They were just like, okay, if you want to go, We'll just pick any of these guys, and they're yeah. going to fucking be fine yeah, before, because they will pass. This before time. 1980, when there was even less technology in the area, there they they had to come up with a test in 1980 yet. because they were like these youngsters are getting soft. Yeah. So, but but pre 1980, things are changing. You're just yeah. in because you're already running your dad down to the village and back in a basket. Yeah. They could just head. do it. They were like yeah. sherpas. They were just fucking going to carry all your fucking <clears throat> shit up, up the mountain. See, making so, it easy. They got um, now. It's getting soft. Everybody's getting soft couple other uh, instances that I read about. And again, if I had time to do more research, I could have had fucking 20 stories exactly like these. But there was a guy named Deepron, Deeprasad Pun. Deepak Chopra. Yep, Deepak Chopra um, in Afghanistan in 2010. Um, he was a lookout on his own, like lookout in a two-story building against the Taliban. And uh, so he's there. And he hears some noises and he goes to the other side of the building and looks out the window and there's some Taliban members that are starting to plant an IED, a bomb on the side of the road. Mm. So he goes out and um, he kills the three people who were planting the IED mm. and then goes that's back. An unidentified his, flying bomb. If yes. you didn't know what IED stood yeah, for. That's what the D stands for. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he kills them, goes back to his building. We don't but care he, if those letters don't work at all. No. That's the that's the joke. Oh, Come sorry. on, Jesus so, Christ! So, he, but he <laughs> gives he, he gives was a, thinking about it too. Like, <laughs> I was reading Bomb, ahead. Actually, like, you have to, you like I came back to it late and I was like, <laughs> yeah, what? yeah, he um gives away his position by killing the people planning the bomb and then 30 Taliban assault uh, his building. And yeah. it's just him. They Talibanded together. They, <laughs> Taliban, yeah. Tally me banana. So in defense of his building, he fires 250 machine gun rounds. 
Um, it's not very much. But it was apparently a legit what machine had, gun because he fired 180 SA-80 rounds, mm. which you would pro- most people would look at and say, oh, a machine gun. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's an assault rifle. This was a mm. fucking machine gun. Mm. So yeah, it probably wasn't very much. Like in a machine gun, that yeah, was like five seconds of yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he throws all six of his phosphorus grenades, his six frag grenades, and he throws a Jeez, claymore at ah, them. Yeah. Fucking just Rambo on him. Runs out of ammo, climbs to the roof, and then a Taliban uh, who tallies me bananas climbs up the side of the building. Oh, shit. And he attacks him with his machine gun tripod knocks him off the roof to his death yeah and then he holds his ground with a tripod and a kukri until reinforcements get to him he got up on the roof and he screamed you want to fuck on me (laughs) (laughs) fuck on you and and, uh his grandfather by the way earned uh and this earned him the conspicuous gallantry cross from the queen. Oh shit! Which isn't as good as the Victoria Cross, which is what yeah. his grandfather. But it's better World than the inconspicuous cross. It's much better than the inconspicuous cross. Yeah. So that badassery was like, you're still not as cool as your grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Grandpa-pa. he really kicked ass. Yeah. And then one other guy. There was a guy named Bishnu Shretha. His grandpa might have been the dude that ran up the hill. He might have been. He got dude. all the Japanese. Um, a dude named. Uh, Bishnu Shretha in 2010, um, he was on a train and a bunch of uh, That's some born identity. They think shit. it was as many as 40 people boarded the train with knives and guns and started taking everyone's money, jewelry, and cell God phones. Damn, that's a fucking big ass crew. Yeah. So he's asleep in his in his little birth bunk, and they walk up to him and they're like, "Give us all your shit." And he's like, "You know, sure. Here's my here's shit. my wallet. Like, yeah, cool. whatever. Don't worry about it." And then um, eleven of them. Uh, apparently surrounded a, a pretty 18 year old girl pinned her down and started ripping off her clothes. And he was like, Oh hell. Uh, motherfucker!" No. Yeah. So he jumps up with his kukri and apparently just gutted three of them in an instant. Um, most of them fled from the train car. Cause there's fucking lunatics attacking everyone with a kukri. That's a crazy guy with a which, knife, <laughs> but they then knew this is a Gurkha. Yeah. And so they, they shoot up. at him. Um, and while he's dodging fire, he drops his uh, kukri. One of the uh, robbers grabs the kukri and sticks it in his arm, I believe. Um, but everyone abandons the fucking train because they're afraid there might be more of yeah. them. They're like, there might be more of these motherfuckers. So the yeah. remaining 37 retreat and get off the train because there's one Gurkha on board and they're like, there might be fucking five. You don't know. Like yeah, we have, you know, like the fuck they are, yeah, but he just so, did a call. Yeah. I just think it's badass that he's like, here's my shit. He no, should have did the fucking, the Gurkhas are upon you. He should have dude. Yeah. That yeah. Been fucking awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so he made Ikerkanu. 40, 40 what is motherfuckers fled because one Gurkha was on yeah. the train and he was down. Well, and he already they shot at him. They fucking them, chopped his fucking yeah. arm off and he was laying on the ground unconscious bleeding and that was when they retreated. Oh, they chopped his arm off? They fucked him up. They didn't chop it off but they totally like separated. Now we know uh, he's exaggerator. Yeah. Uh, but they they cleaved six his cups arm. Six more like three cups. Yeah, I there was think. only three yeah. guys on that train. They 37 his eggs? Arm. Yeah. Mm, more like I never 15. said 37. I said 38. You mm, always say 37. I beg the difference. 37. I said 38. Mm. Yeah. All right, so we are part of the Podbelly Podcast Network. Go to podbelly.com to go check out cool podcasts like Ectoplasm and Art and Jacob Do America. Um, Also, check out the Flask at Hand podcast. That's Jake Williams, one of our own. Um, He's always in the lives and saying funny shit. Jake Williams, who's that? Flask at Hand podcast. 
your boyfriend. I never heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him either. Except for that <laughs> podcast because it's famous. But apparently it's good. Uh, people like it. People talk about it. Um, you should go check yeah, it out. People like us and people talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we're terrible. Us. I don't know. It might right. not be that great. You should check nah, it out yeah. though. I don't trust people's yeah. opinions. Go check it out. Jake needs some love. Um, people also, eat spicy ketchup too. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Check out El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Uh, That is our primary sponsor. They give us the El Yucateco and they keep the the elbows moisturized and they keep the garbage disposal in. And uh, disposal in, I like that word. Uh, Go check them out. They they do have the The exclusive. Kenny Rogers song. (laughs) Disposal in. You got to know when disposal (laughs) in. Know when to hold them. (laughs) Know when to garbage disposal. Know when to toss. Um, yeah, check out Elio Cateco Hot Sauce. They do have the exclusive sticker right now um, that is a collaboration between Sophie Podcast and Elio Cateco, which is pretty fucking awesome. That, that's just cool to me, man, to be honest, to be like, oh, that's my favorite hot sauce. And I had a taco shop, and it was a secret ingredient in the taco shop. And then we started a show, and I hit him up and said, hey, you want to sponsor our podcast? To the point that, like, shoot later, and we have a collaboration sticker with my favorite hot sauce. Like, that's fucking weird for me a little bit. Because I like had fanboy about that hot sauce, <clears throat> right? And then now we have a sticker with them, which is kind of fucking cool. That's but the only way cool. you can get that sticker um, is if you go to shopelucateco.com and buy some shit, and then just use code Sofa King or mention us in the comments. You should use the code though. It, it took him the too. it took him the sticker to figure that out. It wasn't like oh they're paying for us to go like across the <laughs> right country, across the country, like, and for a place the bomb like, ass fucking meetups. Yeah. I you know yeah. why I think <clears throat> that because it's like okay I can see. Um, like Tide sponsoring the NASCAR or something, but it's them yeah. putting their logo on your car. Yeah. But then it was it's a collaboration of like ours with theirs, like yeah. us putting our name yeah, on true. something of theirs is like a little bit different because it's both of us. <clears throat> um, where everything else would be like, yeah, we'll say your name, we say your name, we say your name, we say your name, and it's like, oh, you're saying our name. That's mm. kind of fucking cool. Mm. I think that's the difference. So, but it's a limit. And the other difference yeah. is if you eat El Yucateco, it's delicious. And if you eat Tide Pods, you die. Yes, that is true. So. A, yeah, don't do that. Um, but El Yucateco stain your shirt. Tide gets it off. That ah, is true. Yeah. Hit us up, Tide. Hit us up. Make this happen. <laughs> Make it happen. Don't eat it. Use it. Um, but yeah, we lim- start the campaign. Yeah. Tide, don't eat it. Use it. Yeah. Limited edition sticker for a limited time only. Um, only way you get it is go make a purchase. So uh, go over there, do that, use that code, mention us. And uh, once again, if you see them on social media, if they post something, go over, like it, leave a genuine comment, um, let them know that that we sent you. But don't go spamming a bunch of crazy shit. Don't get all sofa king over there and start saying crazy mm-hmm. shit. Just be nice. Mm-hmm. It's a delicious hot sauce. Say how you use it, what flavor you like, something like that. And at the end, it can say hashtag sofa king podcast. So do say that. how you use it properly. Yeah. Properly saying how you really no use dick it. jokes, no balls. Don't don't get us in trouble. We get yeah. in enough trouble all by ourselves. Yes, we do that. Um, so go do that. Show them some love. Um, also, don't forget uh, pineapple belongs on pizza. Hashtag yeah. soaking podcast. Go find something on the internet that's uh, festering and you wished you didn't have to see it and mix it up. Put that on there or go Brad's way. Put hashtag mashed potato loads on there or whatever no, you want to do. Pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. Or just yeah, be the opposition. That's yeah. what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We're looking for a different argument. Uh, go check that out. Also check out Print Dirt Cheap. Go to printdirtcheap.com. You can order some stickers or printed goods. They have all kinds of good stuff. Or if it's printed, they can source it. So if you've got a business or a band or a podcast or any reason you need printed goods, mm-hmm. go over there and use code Sofa King Podcast to save some money. Also check out <clears throat> Two Day Banners if you need a banner for any reason. Um, you've got a business booth at a trade show. 
you know, coming up this weekend if you need it on a short time. You have a you, trade booth at a business uh, show. Exactly. Mm. If you want to put yeah. a giant cock across your roommate's yeah. bedroom when they come home from their business show, mm. yeah, they'll come home mm. to a giant cock um, on their wall in the form of a banner. If you want to just make a giant work of art and then frame it in some cheap way and get it in two days, you can do that too. Yep. Um, mm. So go over there, use Code Suffocating Podcast, and you can save some money. Check out Jimmy D's Tees. Go to jimmydstees.com. He's got all kinds of cool shit that he makes. Um, He's got cool shirts and all kinds of merch and stuff over there that he sells, but he also makes stuff for us. Um, And you can get that stuff at sofakingpodcast.com forward slash shop. Um, But go show Jimmy some love. Like him on social media. Let him know that we sent you. Check out SKR Apparel at S-U-I-K-E-R apparel.com. You can use code SOFAKING to save 10% with them. Um, Really cool stuff. And check out Retro Vague if you're into 80s stuff. Lots of cool stuff over there. Um, you can use code 80s kid to save some money. And then as always, don't forget to check out Mindframe podcast, um, dig in and binge. And if you haven't left a review for Mindframe, um, five stars, please. If not, just go somewhere else. Getting it's, a better. Yeah. yeah. It's getting, getting too long. Getting too long. Here, yeah. That's what she said. Quit rubbing it's it then, long. bro. Quit Remember, if you got a dirty podcast, yeah. use Tide to clean it up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you like that and you want more Tide, hit us up. That's all I got. So, uh, as promised, we wanted to uh, give um, pointers to any of mm-hmm. our uh, potential yeah. would-be sculpt members of the month, mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of you know let you know like you were close. These are people that were so close, mm-hmm. so close, but the, like one thing was like ah, I don't think they've quite got it. And this isn't to say that you're never going to be sculpt mm-hmm. member of the month. Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. at this round, like you weren't part of the 4% that made it into Gurkha training. Like you just, you couldn't, yeah, you got four do, years. You couldn't yeah, do you the doko. Like you, you know, your sand got wet, you yeah. know, whatever, like, you know, yeah. just some sort of dropped your dad of off your back. Exactly. Some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. You fell down the hill. Um, so, uh, one, uh, such person is Sam Balch. <laughs> B A L C H. Sam Balch. Balch. I think we well, got Sam him. Balch, guys. <laughs> what and Sam Balch? I think what got him was the survey. You know, we sent out the survey for the school yeah, member yeah, of the month yeah. when we we're doing the screening process. And the is there anything else? You know, the notes section. Right. He went on and on about eating his like biting his toenails. Yeah. And like eating his the skin, like the dry skin on mm-hmm. his like his calluses on his feet. Apparently yeah. he has an ability where he can just bite those and he thinks that it's better than using toenail clippers. And I was like, fuck, bro. Like, keep that shit to yourself. Like, why are you offering this? That was not the notes. Yeah, we were like, is there anything else, like an attribute, like a good reason we should pick you, something else for consideration? Right. And Mm. then the the, the toenail shit, I'm just like, fuck, bro. I don't think you realize that. That's like the dirty Jawa comparison of, like, clipping your toes. Like, that's not how people do it. Yeah. I didn't know grown people still eat their toenails. Yeah. I I know kids do I buy my fingernails. My son does it. He's five. But toenails, fuck. Yeah, how, like it's just, it's, there's a whole logistical supply chain issue going on there that troubled me. Like, how are you getting down there to I'm bite? Dude, your, it would hurt my knee. That would hurt my knee off. if I tried to do that. But hmm. I'm not doing it. But too, that, that was that's yeah. a tip. Like, too much info, bro. Too much info. You know I mean, yeah, the notes section. You don't even have to put anything there. No, you don't have to. No, no. that's optional. Yeah. And in your case, fucking optional, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Leave it yeah, be. Right. It's not. It's not. You know, and it wasn't like you know we covered that big. You know toenail episode Mm-mm. like there was, no, there was no 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 rhyme context. or reason yeah, yeah. It just yeah. didn't make any sense i could see if it was like live and we were talking to you on a phone call and you're nervous rambling but you i think and the at, problem on, at your leisure and, you're yeah, yeah, this yeah. Out. the yep. problem is too it almost seemed like uh and maybe this is our fault for not checking into it a little deeper 
but it almost seemed like like if you met him, he would brag about it to you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For you sure. You know what I mean? Like it was just like yeah, a yeah, common yeah. conversation. He always starter. wears open toed shoes. Yeah. Do, you, do you bite your toenails? Right. Yeah. Right. Every oh, time I, I get a bunion, oh, I bite it off. Oh, were you looking at my toes right now? Yeah. Did you know how I get those toenails so level? With my mouth, yeah. yeah, like it's just it's very strange, very weird. He gets there, like in conversation, yeah, he yeah, has yeah. a way of segueing yeah. to it. He can get there in three sentences. Yeah, yeah. he's like, "You like funk music? You should check out my funky ass toe jam." Did I mention <laughs> I bought my toenails? Like, wow, yeah, yeah. you did he's it. There, three dude. sentences, three bro. sentences, yeah. And that was one of his brags. He's like, "I can get to my toenails in three sentences." It's like that's <laughs> yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. The fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah. Besides so anyway, his name. So Sam Bulge, just like resubmit your application. Sack Bulge. I mean, maybe, his name is a kid back. <laughs> maybe put something else there or nothing yeah. like but you know maybe maybe resubmit yeah. your I think a bulge is when you burp out your dick <laughs> <laughs> it's like a ball belch <laughs> it's Beltro's ball. brother yeah. Yeah. Bulge. <laughs> the man wagon no that's <laughs> bulge, bulge the cock handler yeah. he just belched no man that was a bulge that was a bulge yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that like, picture just bulged it's all yeah that's yeah. what it sounds like I thought it sounded like a balloon when you let the air well, out. You got a dick hole like that. Damn. You're just <laughs> dropping the piss out. <laughs> Does that translate to big dick hole? It sounds like you're pouring iced tea. Like, jeez, uh. bro, how big's your dick hole? Pouring iced tea. It sounds like the waterfall from The Fugitive for Harrison Ford's standing there. Like, you have a miniature Harrison yeah. Ford standing at the entrance yeah, of yeah. your dick hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how <laughs> you Painted a, a mural of Tommy Lee Jones on the back of your toilet. You yeah. ask him for an autograph. Just... <laughs> <laughs> a mural of Tommy Lee Jones on the back of your toilet. <laughs> a miniature Harrison Ford in your dick cavity. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and we thought Balch was done with all that toe jam. No, no. There's a lot uh, there to unpack. So uh, thank you, uh, Sam Balch. Um, so close, but but maybe next time. So again, thank everyone for their applications, and we'll we'll probably uh, talk more about some people who didn't quite make the cut um, on our next episode. So, but thank you uh, for being patrons, and you can go to patreon.com black slash King podcast uh, to to join the cause. Yep, and if you're just a normal person that doesn't have your father's love, you can go to r four slash King podcast on Reddit. And joining the conversation there, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we are at Sofa King Podcast. And our personal Instagrams, I'm at Raised with Wolves. We have Sofa King Brent and Sofa King Dave. Also, check out Egg Tech underscore Hot Sauce, Jimmy D's Teas, and Podbelly on there. And uh, that's pretty much it. Don't be a retard. Mm-hmm.